Christ and Culture. I'm Larry Lenenschmidt, your host, and we appreciate you joining us for our ongoing conversation on topics of concern to the body of Christ. We encourage human flourishing by promoting conversations with ministry leaders, authors, and others who are having an impact in areas such as fighting human trafficking, faith and business, and our topic today, quality education, and how educational choice facilitates improved quality in education. We invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org, to hear previous programs, as well as to utilize the audio and video of previous conferences and radio broadcasts on topics including faith and science, faith and art, and much more. Podcasts are available on our website and on iTunes at Hill Country Institute Live. Our featured guest today is Bob Schoolfield. Bob is president of Texans for Parental Choice and Education, which is based in Austin. Bob, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Great. It's great to have you here. You know, you're in Austin. I think, uh, have you lived in Austin a long time now? Um, I've lived here about 26 years. Um, I grew up in San Antonio, and um, I moved from uh, Texas A&M to move here, which was quite a a, um, a change in both, uh, I guess, political and social um, environment. Sure. Well, there are, there are a lot of Aggies in Austin, aren't there? I mean, it, it's, yes, I that'd be so. surprising Look, for someone who hasn't thought about it. Sure. I, it, it's a big place, and, you know, there's jobs here. And so, <laughs> yeah, sure. Boy, by, by Austin standards today, you're a native. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, you um, tell us about your, 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 a little bit about your children, if you would. Sure, sure. I've got four kids, um, um, John and then Matthew and then Emily. The youngest is Anna, and she's 26. Emily just had a baby. She's married and just had a baby, so um, we're really excited about that. It's an exciting time of life. Yeah, yeah. and um, what, what was – I think that – is that the – that was yeah, – well, I'm trying to remember know, what since the question we're, is. Since we're talking about education, uh, what what was their educational background? You know, because you, you went to public school. Mm-hmm. Then you – I understand you went to Rice as an undergrad. That's right. And then to A&M. So yeah, you've right. you've sampled some different types of education, sure. and then you you sure. must have had some choices to make when your your own children were being raised. Sure, sure. Um, we, um, um, you know, um, our marriage is founded on Christian values, and so we were look at initially we were looking for a uh, a Christian private school, and um, our two oldest kids went there for about four years, and and then we got interested in homeschooling, and so we did that for um, maybe five or six years, and um, Emily had some learning disabilities, so mom said, I don't know how to handle this, and so then we started um, uh, looking for, for private schools for our kids. We... Uh, one year, um, we uh, used the public schools in the area. Um, we were in a small town, and there wasn't any real alternatives. And that was an education, too. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think um, our kids did well there. Yeah. So so one of, one of the, the phrases that I've heard about school choice is that to let the parents make the best choice of the school and the classroom and the teacher for each child each semester. 
So I, I think that that's a is, is that a good summary of what school I, choice is about? I think so. And an emphasis on there is parental authority. Mm-hmm. That from a biblical perspective, the you know under God, Christian parents are the authority of their children. Actually, you know throughout the society, parents are the authority. Mm-hmm. Uh, if for no other reason that they are re- legally responsible for them, and they know them better than anyone else does, uh, assuming that they're living with their parents. Uh-huh. So those are some of the reasons why. So so the idea of parental authority and the idea of, of really customizing what's available mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the best interest of the student are, are those some of the are those really the key reasons why you're in, in favor of expanding school choice, or are there other factors that come into play? I think the first thought I have is that from a religious, uh, from a Christian perspective, I don't remember when it was, but uh, Madeline Murray O'Hare was successful mm-hmm. in removing prayer from school, and mm-hmm. and um, you know the um, Christian worldview is. Um, discouraged in public school. And as a Christian, I'm, you know, I want to see more kids exposed to Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from that perspective, I'm interested in school choice. There's also um, expected of just quality education in terms of learning how to read and write, think clearly. Uh, I think those are valuable too, regardless of where, what uh, system you use to do that. The goal is to have quality kids that are educated, that can think for themselves, that can communicate, um, and they can balance their bank statement or whatever. Sure. Um, yeah, those are the, the I think, kind of the goals of, uh, from there, I think you can you need those to really build a strong and self-reliant society. Mm-hmm. Without good education, people are very dependent on on whatever system is in you know is in vogue at the time. So th- those are my thoughts. That it was it's not only good for the kids, but the the further benefit is that it's it's good for society. One of the greatest investments that any nation can make in their future is the education of their children, the education of their public. Because you think of like England. England is this little, t- this little island mm-hmm. in uh, the North Sea. And at one point, it basically dominated the whole world. And how does a little island like that dominate the whole world? Well, I think it has to do with uh, a Christian worldview and um Education, you know, in er, um, in every um, nation or in the history of Christianity, one of the first things that um, the leaders want is for the kids or the adults to be able to read, so that they can read the Bible. Uh, so that's really the where education or Christian education begins: is mm-hmm. can you read the Bible on your own? Mm-hmm. You know, and bringing, bringing in England and education makes me think about William Wilberforce. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you think of school choice, you think that perhaps civic values may be lessened in some way. 
But there, Wil, Wilberforce had a group of people around him, the Clapham Group, and it mm-hmm. was really the educational system of England that led those people, led by William, William Wilberforce, to fight slavery and, and ended as part of the English way. So, yes. so a Christian value permeating society leads to something very important, doesn't it? Right. And uh, you bring up William Wilberforce. He's one of my heroes. Oh, yeah. And I kind of consider the um, goal of parental choice in education mm-hmm. as kind of similar to uh, breaking the slave trade. Um, you know, when he first um, brought up the subject in Parliament, Everybody laughed at him that, yeah. that, you know, how could we possibly change society this much, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think it was about 30 years. He, he labored at that for 30 years, somewhere about 30 years. And, and the, the goal at that time was just to stop the slave trade. Mm-hmm. The story I hear is that he was on his deathbed and they told him that it had been yeah. um, stopped, uh, slave trade. I've been at this for 25 years, so I'm hoping that, you know, maybe I can get her done, get her done before <laughs> Wilberforce. Yeah. But, but, of course, I mean, there's many other people involved. I'm not the leader of the school choice movement in, mm-hmm. in um, the United States or in Texas. Uh, I just know a lot about it and, um, you know, I have a passion to see how that would, will change society for the better. Yeah, and and so, in, in looking at Christian values, then the the idea is to give parents greater choice, mm-hmm. so that they can adapt what's available to their students, mm-hmm. their their student, right. their child's right. best interest, right. and that is not in any way. You're not anti-public schools. You're not anti-private schools. You're not anti any of the choices that are out there. You're just for choice. I'm. I'm pro-parental authority, and parental authority is very important for the structure of the family because to the extent that the parent's authority is damaged, that uh, damages the whole authority and value system of the family, Mm -hmm. and, you know, that that will follow into civic life Mm -hmm. Um, if you... Uh, don't respect your parents, you, you know, you're not as likely to respect society and, and the government. The, the rules of the society. That's right. So when we when we think about what's available out there, there there are a variety of types of schools. Right. And, and right. I think unless someone's really involved in it like you are, you know, I hear terms like, like public school and charter school and magnet school and homeschooling. And, and some of these are a little self-evident like homeschooling, but... but Tell us about the, the options that are out there so right. that we can kind of lay that as a groundwork for our conversation. Sure. Well, first, there, there's the public school, and and uh, the structure there is that um, there's, you know, these school districts, and um, the kids in that school district are assigned to a particular school that they go to. The school gets tax money resources from the government to to teach this group of kids. Um, now, one of the problems there is that there's really no, you can take a test at the end of the year, but in terms of um, the quality that's going on 
every day. Um, um, you you don't have uh, free market competition where you know I can walk across the street and go to you know the school on the other side of the street and create competition for that particular school. So because it's pretty much a catchment or district area, right? Okay, and um, um, so that's um, unfortunate about that. Uh, basically, parents don't choose public schools. Public schools are assigned parents. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and when we're thinking about public schools, we're not we're not in any way denigrating hardworking, capable teachers who are dedicated to their craft and work no, hard. No. And that no. that's not that's not the point here at all. No. I, okay. I think that that um, uh, to the extent that you have uh, a poorly performing school, mm-hmm. I think the first, if I can use the word victim. Mm-hmm. Um, is the child, but the second victim is the teacher that really wants to do a good job and has uh, a lot of government restrictions and a lot of um, um, reports that they have to do. Because, you know, when you don't have competition, you have to come up with some other quality um Measure and um, there, there always, there always be um, less effective than just straight competition. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then the next is a charter school, uh-huh. and a charter school is a public school in the sense that it receives its uh, funds from the state in order to educate the children, and the the parents uh, don't have to pay anything. Uh, to have their kids educated there. Um, now, one of the biggest differences with charter schools is that a charter school does not have a school district that where they have kids assigned to their school. It is they have to attract kids to their school. They have to attract parents to send their kids to the school. So in that sense, it... Uh, you have to be a quality school in order to attract people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not assigned to your school. I think one of the the other th- that's one of the big things. Another thing is that the the teachers their their employment contract is different. The uh, employment contract at public schools has been written primarily by the government institutions and particularly the teachers unions. Uh, and the main one of the goals of the contract is to protect the teachers from any sort of um, uh, unfair, uh, you know, practices, and particularly, you know, losing their job unfairly. Um, whereas in the charter school, um, the the employment cr- contracts are just very simple and straightforward, just like um, in the rest of the business area. It's just, you know, 30 days notice or 60 days notice. Uh, if you're not doing a good job, we're going to let you go. And uh, there's no, um, you know, the the employer has the authority over that. And it's not, you know, uh, something that's up for, you know, um, uh, 
intervention from other legal areas or so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so that with with that straightforward employment contract, then that filters out uh, less competent teachers simply because with a simple employment con- contract like that, only teachers that are confident they can do a good job would want to take that employment contract over the union contract in public schools. Mm-hmm. So that's, a once again, a weeding out process that uh, only confident teachers will take a job at a charter school. Next is uh, public, um, so, private schools. So I understand okay. with the charter school that the way you get in is to go oh. through a lottery system. Is that is that correct? Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I, that's yeah. an important issue, too, that since these are public schools and are free to the parents, mm-hmm. then if you have more applicants than you do seats in your school, the charter school law says that you have to choose those kids by lottery. And they'll usually have some time during the year they'll have actually a lottery pick and uh, they pick the kids that are going to be in the school for the next year by lottery. So that's how they control the number of them. And also in the the education um, laws in the state, there is a, a cap on the number of charters, education charters for schools that can be given here in the state of Texas. And it's, I don't recall exactly, but it's in the 200 range. To it's, I don't think it's 300. It's some, uh, less than 300 charters are available in Texas. Now, some successful schools that have a charter can open a satellite campus. So in that sense, uh, there may be more than, than just um, 300 schools. Should I? Uh, yeah. So, so let's talk about about magnet schools. Sure. What is a magnet school? Uh, magnet school is a school that is designed for advanced kids that are that are doing well. Um, and I always like to think of of magnet schools as school choice in reverse. Mm-hmm. In other words, it's. It's the school choosing the kid rather than the than the parent choosing the school. Okay, um, and and they do very well. I mean, um, it's it's an advantage for um, uh, high performing kids to have a high performing environment. That's that is a good place for them to be because it meets their needs, and it's competitive to to get into a magnet school. Oh yeah, it's. Um, yeah, because the because the school is choosing the kids, and they want sure. uh, high performing kids. Yeah. So public school takes everyone in the area. Mm-hmm. The charter school takes those who are who are blessed to win a lottery, right. and a magnet school takes those who are high performing in that particular field of study that they're focused on. Correct. Okay. Correct. Well, and then private schools and homeschools. That's that kind of rounds it out, doesn't it? Yes, I think so. Yeah. So, um, and. Uh, I I don't know. It's it. Um, private schools are um, are I think where the um, the biggest goal for school choice is to uh, 
have a broad um, diversity of different private schools. Mm -hmm. And homeschooling is uh, excellent also. I think back at the founding of the nation, there weren't a whole lot of uh, county schools, so most of the schooling was done by homeschooling. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, that surely, um, especially in Texas, Texas has uh, some of the best homeschooling laws in the nation, and primarily because a homeschool in Texas is considered a private school. Okay. Um, there's no difference under the law between a homeschool and a private school. So that's a big advantage in Texas. Well, and homeschoolers have such a plethora of materials today. And then there are, there are you know, many courses, you know, weekly meetings, two-day-a-week meetings that are set up in different academies for people who are doing homeschool. Sure. There's there's the, the blend of both uh, classroom work and working at home. Um, and I think with the advent of the Internet and what I would call delivering education electronically, mm-hmm. uh, it's very um, beneficial financially. Okay. It's, much, it's much cheaper to bring the teacher to the child than to build a school, a school building and haul the, all the kids to, to the teacher. Sure. Yeah. So. Well, then, so so when we when we think about private schools, the the a goal of school choice would be mm-hmm. to use public funds for private vouchers. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I've got the order exactly right there. Right. But, um, and why is that important? What does that do for the family? The important pat aspect is that. Once again, it gives more choices to the to the parent uh, because you add the private school industry along with the public school choices to the parent um, so that they have many more choices and can find an educational environment that's appropriate for their child. Um, I like to think that um, the issue is not good schools versus bad schools. The question is finding a school that is appropriate for your child, that meets the needs of your particular child. And and for a low-income family, without a voucher or assistance of some sort, whatever it's titled, right. that option is really not open, is it? Yes, it's just this school or not. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Or, or, and if, so you've got the one that you're assigned to in your district. You have the right. chance of, of a lottery getting you into a right. charter school. Mm-hmm. Or if your student is an extraordinary student, gifted mm-hmm. in music or gifted in science, then they go to a magnet school. Right. Yeah. So otherwise, you either homeschool or private school with a voucher or your, or that's it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's, I think, I'm, I'm trying to put it in a nutshell sure. just, just so that people understand that the school choice movement is about high-quality education. Yes. And it's about parental choice. Yes. And and it's about giving families the option to put that student in the place that they think is the best for that student each semester. That's right. More choices. More choices. Yeah. And it, and you're not in any way anti-public school, anti-quality public education. It's just choice and parental authority and control. 
Absolutely. There's many schools uh, in a, particularly usually in the wealthy districts of town, that are excellent schools. You know, they're high quality. That it's it's almost like school choice wouldn't even affect those schools because they're such high quality. There there wouldn't be any change in those neighborhoods because sure. everybody loves that high quality public school. So. Excellent. And that's a goal for all public schools to achieve. Sure, sure. So, yeah. Well, Bob, it's, it's time for a brief break. Okay. Uh, so we'll come back and uh, uh, after our break and talk more about some of the details of these issues. Uh, but for if you just now joined us, this is Hill Country Institute Live. We're glad you're with us for the program today. We try to bring you, the listener, together with Christian leaders to discuss topics of concern, including faith and work, stopping human trafficking, environmental stewardship, and more all with the heart and mind of Christ. We invite you to visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org, to listen to previous programs and to see and hear audio and video from our past conferences on many faith and culture topics, including art, science, and spiritual formation. We ask you to consider supporting this ministry through your donations at hillcountryinstitute.org or by calling 512-680-7993. The radio station likes to be paid for this time, so help us keep the radio station going, too. We'll be right back. <laughs> 